Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast. It is hard to believe, but the month of June is already here. We are getting closer and closer to the start of NFL training camp, preseason, and then the regular season and opening weekend will be here before you know it. Plenty to get to on today's podcast, a new Buccaneer and a former Buccaneer retires. We'll get into all of that today. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Bucks Nation, you can follow them on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis for all of this news that is uh, continuously breaking this offseason. And he, my co-host, is the one and only Len Martez. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. Lynn, what's up, man? With all that breaking news you mentioned in regards to a former Buck retiring and a new Buck coming to Tampa, you left out the fact that a Buck, who no longer is a Buck, got arrested. Which brings me to yeah. another point. Because today, I heard a man, a Florida man from Brandon, got arrested at the Charlotte airport. And the first person I thought of... Someone that someone that used to live in Brandon that now lives in Charlotte. Exactly. Now, I, don't know not, that, I don't know if that says more about me <laughs> or more about you. I mean, I'm I'm here recording this podcast right now, so bail, bail, bail. Yeah, who's bailing me out? Montez <laughs> got you. I got you. I got you, man. I got, I'll come out with a tin cup if I have to. <laughs> All right. Like Lynn said, a new buck is in town. A Buccaneer retires. But we'll get into that new buck in town first because last week on the show, big topic was Indomitian Sue and whether he would be back and what the Bucks' future would be like on the defensive line should he not be back. I think we have the answer now on whether Indomitian Sue will be back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because it was uh, reported earlier this week that the Bucks have signed former Chicago Bears defensive tackle Akeem Hicks to a one-year contract. Lynn, especially considering the type of money that it looks like they're going to be uh, paying Hicks, are you surprised that this went down? Because last week when we talked about Sue coming back, one of your questions was, do the Bucks want him back? And I asked you, if the Bucks didn't want him back, what would be the reason why? And you said that you thought it would be because the Bucks like what they already have on the team. The Bucks go out and get someone who has injury concerns in the past. To me, this one, when Sue was still out there, Unless Sue completely told the Bucks he's not interested in coming back, I don't completely understand this one in terms of Hicks over Sue. Yeah, we'll get into the the amount of games that Hicks missed in the last three seasons, 20 games. We'll talk about the signing. But here's my thing. And I got to channel my Frank Costanza from Seinfeld. Frank Costanza played by the late, great Jerry Stiller. And here's my thing. And if I had Jason Light in front of me, I would tell him this. I got a lot of problems with you people. And that is the fact that the Bucks made this signing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not here to question 
the front office of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jason Light. But I got a lot of problems with you people <laughs> when you sign a guy who may be younger when it comes to Akeem Hicks, may even fit your defense better. But here's my problem. And Dominican Sue, who was 35, not 32 like Hicks is, but as old as he is, and yes, it's defensive line. So at some point, there's going to be a time of, of hitting that wall when it comes to playing that well as he did in three seasons here as a buck. And Has he missed 20 games in his career? As I mentioned, those three seasons. In those three seasons, you know how many games he missed? Big, fat, zero. Forget missing 20 games in his career. He's missed two games in his 12 seasons. Two. He hasn't missed a game since 2011. The only reason why he won't be playing the first game this year is because he won't have a contract. That dude played and played and played. Now, again, I'm not here to question Wink, wink, Jason Light and the Bucks front office. But I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> when you just toss away a guy who has been as durable as he's been in a position that is questionable when it comes to durability, i.e., the guy you signed, not to mention the guy that Indomitian Sue has been mentoring the last three seasons and Vita Vea. Okay? Your big first round pick three or four years ago, Vita Vea, God bless that beast because I've got multiple videos on Twitter, by the way, Elmar810, of Vita Vea running through centers and guards. But the best ability is availability. And Indomitian Sue has done that. Not to mention the fact that back-to-back years, six sacks, dude. So again, I'm not here to question what the Bucks have done in regards to not bringing back Sue and signing Hicks. But I am a little bit. Just a little. Can you make any sense of it? No. Like, I, Only thing that I can tell you is he's younger. Maybe they thought that there was a time that Sue was going to end up where he missed more games than he did. <laughs> Where he hasn't missed a game in a decade. Maybe they thought at 35 he was going to, you know, start missing games. But in reality, I mean, even if you even if you do say that, you couldn't find a guy that was a little better in his durability in the last three years than a guy who missed 20 games in the last three years and you gained the same contract. You're not gonna tell you can't tell me that Sue wouldn't have played for 10 million dollars. Yeah, I just that's the that's that's one of the maybe most it'll come out. Things. Maybe there's something we're not thinking about, Trey. I mean, maybe maybe it, is maybe, it that Sue told the out. Bucks he's not interested in coming back? Like I just he sure as heck is. Let me tell you something. Let me ask you this, okay? And I, I, as an older guy, I say older. Be be respectful. As an older guy, okay, I remember situations where. People used to leave popcorn to get back to their trail and get in regards to not losing their way. 
Now we got different ways. We got technology that takes away that kind of stuff. And Dominican Sue has left plenty of popcorn on social media to leave his trail back in Tampa. He's, he's dropped popcorn all over the place in regards to the, you know, the little messages sent about playing in 2022 and wanting to come back. They're on his, they're on his Twitter. They're on his Twitter account. Yeah. The things that he sprinkled down to say that he wants to play in 2022. I honestly think that he was more likely to play this year than Rob Gronkowski before you know who came back. <laughs> when 12, I'm with you on that. When 12 yeah. came back, all bets were off, dude. The the thing to me that's might be the most puzzling of them all is is Hicks even worth that contract with all of the all of the times that time that he missed? I mean, this is a team. Yes, it's a one year it's a one year deal, but I mean, if you get into a situation where you have injuries or you need to bring other people on, you're not that eliminates some of your flexibility. You're giving him, you know, what you likely would have gave Sue to come back, or maybe even a little bit more than. <clears throat> than what you were paying in Dominican Sioux in recent years. Uh, I mean, Hicks had a his first couple years with the Bears had a good solid run, but then the last three years, as you mentioned, injury after injury after injury, just not reliable. And I think you mentioned it last week, and you've mentioned it today multiple times, that sometimes your best quality is being reliable and being available, especially at that position. And in Dominican Sioux, was all of that and Hicks has been the opposite of that in recent years. It's just a very puzzling signing for the Buccaneers who, yes, we've questioned some of Jason Light's moves in the draft uh, over time, but in recent years, all of these signings have made a ton of sense. This is the first one to me that's really got me scratching my head. Now, if Hicks can, if Hicks is healthy and he can go back to what he was in 16, 17, 18, it could turn out to be a solid signing for the Bucks. Just right now, as we sit here in June, I I just don't get it. And one of the things that I think could even come back to bite the Bucks even more is I said last week, you know, there are articles out there talking about Sue possibly going to the Browns. Now that this signing was made and Sue is considered by a lot of people now as the best free agent left on the board in the, in the NFL. And you know what ESPN has as the best fit for Indomitian Sue right now? The New Orleans Saints. Of course. If if he goes to an inner division, I that'll just... A couple of things here. One thing is, if you're thinking, and when I say you, I mean, if one is thinking regards to well, maybe Sue doesn't want to come back. I got to ask you, why wouldn't he want to come back? And if you say to yourself, well, maybe he doesn't want to play football. Well, why the hell doesn't he retire then if he doesn't want to play? Yeah. Okay, if you're thinking, well, he doesn't want to play in 2022. Okay, then retire. <laughs> He's obviously taking phone calls and, 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 taking, and, and taking, you know, conversations with teams where his agent is. Because he hasn't retired. You mentioned, and we'll probably get into it, a former Buccaneer retiring this week recently. 
Well, if Sunnis would want to play, you know what he'd do? He would retire. The second thing is, is this, and I'm not hoping this happens. And I, do, I certainly won't be the I told you so guy, because that's just not my thing. I leave that for other folks when it comes to the I told you so's. Because for every I told you so, there were 20 other ones who, where you didn't tell a squat. That's why I'm not the I told you so guy. The same thing with the guy who tells you, oh, I just hit a parlay. Yeah, dude, what about the five other bets you lost? Don't brag to me about hitting a parlay. But I digress. The thing about Hicks is this. And again, I don't want this to happen. But the first game he misses will be the first time that a guy in his position would have missed a game in four seasons because the other guy that he replaced <laughs> didn't miss any. And that's when the conversation is going to be, uh-oh, <laughs> how long will he be out? Uh-oh, he's out again this week. Uh-oh, he's out again this week because you talked about it in regards to this team, right? You know what they knew, Trey? Every Sunday. You know who was playing? 93. <laughs> they knew 93 was playing. I said it last week. You can say whatever you want in regards to Indominus. See, you talk about his, you know, nearly 700, 800 grand in, in, in fines. You can talk about some of the things he did in Detroit and, you know, going rogue in Miami, all those things. You know what he did more than anything else? Based off this podcast, you should know by now, he played. You know what he did also? He got himself ready every week. And that's what that Buccaneers defensive staff knew. They knew 93 was going to be ready to play. They don't know that with Akeem Hicks. Now, I mentioned we are getting closer and closer to training camp. And one of the fun things to always talk about once you get into training camp is position battles. And we will obviously talk about a ton of position battles once we get in to training camp. But some of the latest scuttlebutt around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you can check out an article on BucksNation.com right now about this. That this season, not just a punter battle with the Bucks drafting a punter this year and possibly, you know, trying to cut some salary in terms of Bradley Pinion, but there might be a battle in terms of kicker. With Ryan Suckup and kicker out of Miami, Jose Borealgis. But this is a guy who's been in the Bucks system uh, since he came out of Miami. And for a long time, we've talked about the Bucks kicking troubles. Is this just a situation where it's another thing where the Bucks might be looking at a cheaper option? To me, with everything that the Bucks have went through and having a veteran team... I think I I don't understand why it would be completely classified as a position battle when Suckup has been the kicker on this team who has kind of turned that kicking curse around 28 out of 31 on field goals last year. I don't mind it. I don't I don't mind it. And here's the thing. What you don't want to do is get rid of a guy and have that guy leave you and end up being a kicker for a team 10, 15 years because you could have you could have had that guy. You can talk about cheaper option, but in the end, if you bring the guy in, you give him a chance to compete. You give him a chance to potentially push somebody out the way that 
kickers last a long time. I get it. I understand it. Hell, Matt Bryant, you know, he's still talking about playing at 47 years old. But And I know they last. But at some point, they stop making field goals. And the last thing you want to do is put somebody out on the street that you could have had win a position on your team and then have that guy last again, like I mentioned, you know, multiple years in, in the NFL, kicking successfully. Kid's got a stronger leg, give him a chance. And if he beats suck up out, hey, we got you in, homeboy. Ta-ta. I just hope Suckup gets more of a more of a longer leash in this because especially on a team like this, you want to go with a proven option that you know you can trust. Well said. And here's the bottom line. And ain't because Stone Cold said so. The bottom line is this. And former head coach, now in the front office, Bruce Arians would say this because every time we discussed it, as far as the Tampa Bay media is concerned, I covered the Buccaneers. Because as you mentioned, questions going through in regards to having that kicker, having that guy who can go out there and make your kicks. Bottom line is this, and Bruce said it. I need a guy who I know is going to make that 15 under. Ball game. Boom. That's why Matt Gay's not here anymore. I mean, he goes and wins a Super Bowl, but that's why he lost that battle out to suck up. I can, I, I'll, I'll give you the game. All right. Bucks Giants home game week three. Daniel Jones is balling, right? Jameis is here. They're going back to back, going up and down the field. Bucks have the ball last, get in field, field goal position to win the game. Shank, right? Matt Gay, who I liked, like Matt Gay, did an interview with him, spent time with him. Why some England? All that good stuff. I'm, I'm, I happen to know things about him just from being in that locker room. But you got to have the guy who you can rely on that's going to make that 15 under game winning field goal and not shank it Scott Norwood Wright like Matt Gay did against the, against the Giants in a game that, you know, you may not think, ah, week three. Dude, when you get to week 16 and week 17, and you win that game as opposed to losing that game, guess what that does? It changes your playoff positioning that you could potentially be in. It changes what you could be doing in week 16 and week 17. And I know that year they went seven and nine, but who knows? You go, you know, you win that game and all of a sudden you get on a run and you're not seven and nine, you're eight and eight, you're nine and seven. So one kick, dude, one kick. Yeah, definitely, definitely changes things in terms of that. And <clears throat> You mentioned a former Buffalo Bill in Scott Norwood, and now we're going to transition into a former Buffalo Bill and a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer who announced his retirement this week. That's Fitzmagic. Ryan Fitzpatrick, after a long and storied NFL career, is going to be hanging up the cleats, hanging up the helmet. There's a ton of different directions I could go here. I, I, I want to get into what Fitzpatrick's legacy is. I want to get into, I mean, I think there's a conversation out there that Fitzpatrick is the greatest backup quarterback of all time. Um, I don't know if he, if you necessarily love that uh, distinction, but I think that that's, that's definitely part of the conversation. But I want to talk about his tenure here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what he brought to this locker room 
and what he brought to this football team. He was in a somewhat of a sticky situation. The Bucks obviously wanted Jameis Winston to pan out. They took him first overall. He had his legal troubles, got suspended. Fitz steps in and has, you know, a run that gets his jersey in the NFL Hall of Fame. He goes to a, a post-game press conference dressed as Deshaun Jackson. Smack Apparel, great local Tampa company. I still have, I still have the shirt with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The fit, I'm down with Fitz Magic. One of the greater, you know, month-long runs here in Tampa Bay. Just his legacy in Tampa Bay was you're never gonna hear a bad thing said about him. You know, the locker room loved that guy. The media loved that guy. And when he was called on to perform in most situations, he did well. Yes, he had some inconsistencies, but Ryan Fitzpatrick for the situation that he was in here in Tampa Bay was definitely a loved player in the city and in the locker room. You know, it's, it's ironic you put it that way in regards to the city of Tampa and what we think of him here, whether it be the Tampa media and also the Tampa Bucks fan base, Bucks Nation. But here's the thing. When it comes to Fitzpatrick, he may be Fitzmagic here, but in other places, he's Fitztragic, okay? As much as you paint that glorious picture you just painted in regards to what he did here, and I'm not telling you what you said is inaccurate. I'm telling you in other cities, <laughs> ask him in Buffalo, ask him in New York. Okay, because they have a different view when it comes. Oh, oh, I, I don't think Buffalo has a sour opinion of him. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, probably because he threw six picks in a game as a Jet. <laughs> yeah, the, the Jet, the Jets, the Jets. Hey, also, I'm with you on that one. I think he's pretty beloved in Buffalo. No, 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 no. I'll tell you why he's not. Because a, the money he was making. Not only, not only that. I can bring up Houston, dude. Houston gave him a boatload of money. Here's the thing about Fitzmagic, and I'm not here to bash the guy. I called him Fitzmagic for a reason, because I watched it. Saw it. Who was there in that locker room? Okay. Love the fact that this guy, he owned it. All right. Smart enough as a veteran. You can talk about all the Harvard smarts. You know what he was also? The dude was smart in regards to off the field, not opening a book. Not a Harvard grad. No, dude, the dude got it when it came to being in that locker room, having teammates on his side, and, and having them believe that they could win it with him at quarterback. And again, I'm talking here in Tampa Bay. I'm talking about the Bucks. They thought they could win with him at quarterback. That's how he approached the game. That Cincinnati game, that thing rings, rings true to me so many ways. Mm -hmm. Jameis started it, and Jameis got benched. And you know who came in? Fitz Magic came in, brought his team back. And I still got visions of him on the sidelines. All right? This is his personality. Blowing. Blowing the winning field goal before it's attempted. I'm laughing because that's how that dude was. Yeah. He owned it, dude. He owned it. He owned it when he showed up dressed as Deshaun at the presser. And he owned it in so many different ways. But 
<laughs> back to my original point, there's other cities <laughs> that don't see it as well as I see as we see it here. You and I and the rest of Fox Nation, as we see it here in Tampa Bay. What do you think his legacy is? Like how how are is it gonna be different in different in different fan bases, how oh, people yeah. remember him? Or oh, is yeah. it gonna like your general your general NFL fan, your I guess your your Dallas Cowboy fan, when they think back in twenty years about Ryan Fitzpatrick, what is going to be how is he going to be remembered? Is it going to be remembered as a guy who went through seemingly half the league and played for that many teams? Is it going to be a guy who on any given Sunday could be a legendary quarterback or a horrible quarterback? What's is is that all part of how Fitz is going to be remembered? Let's face it, dude. Whether it's the the nine teams that he started for, the eight other teams he started for before, I mean, in his career, started for nine teams. Mm-hmm. So eight of those teams, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb when I say this, no one's going to appreciate him as much as Tampa Bay and the Bucks appreciated him. I mean, look at the other places he started. They're not going to appreciate him that way in New York, Houston, Buffalo, Miami. They're just not. Because here, <laughs> I granted, he was one game away from going to a playoff game as a starting quarterback, which never happened for him in his career as a New York Jets quarterback. But here in Tampa Bay, the dude was NFC player of the week. NFC player of the of the month. The dude was the number one passer for three weeks into the season and had this team two and one. Folks around here like, hey, don't forget that schedule that he started with. Yeah. Remember that schedule when it came out? I'm like, oh man. And even, even before week one, it was like, oh man, murderous row. And not to mention the fact that week one, where did they play? New Orleans. What did he do? He blew that Saints defense up. Okay. <laughs> like no Bucks quarterback has done, certainly since I've been here. Think about it. Put 40 on there behind. 40. And he ran some in. I still I got visions of him running the ball in. <laughs> it was true. It was truly a magical run. Again. No one is going to appreciate him as much as he's appreciated or was appreciated as he was here in Tampa Bay. The only one I'll argue with is Buffalo. He still has ties to the area. He's in the stands with oh, no, those no, no, no. mafia Listen, and stuff mafia, like that. Yeah, you can argue them if you want. I won't. You will. That's fine. But Bill's, Bill's mafia, I mean, dude, if Scott Norwood went into the stands, they would go crazy with him. They would? Oh yeah, yeah. The death threats. <laughs> I feel like I. I feel like they'd they be go, putting they... Scott Norwood through a table. <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm sure you might. Look, I didn't say 100. percent Now you might have a few older folks who be like, "I remember you, 1990. <laughs> you gave me nightmares." But time has passed, so you know. Even look, the late great Bill Buckner. I uh, he he had the he had the Red Sox jinx extend you know another 
30, well, say 28 years or 20, I don't know, let me do the math in my head, 31 years. He had that, he had their, you know, their jinx extend that much longer. But yet when he came back to Fenway, prior to him passing, Fenway cheered him, dude. And if, and if Buck can get cheered, Buckley can get cheered. By the way, I, I know you're a little bit too young for this, but that ball would go between his legs. He wasn't beating Mookie Wilson in first base anyway, but I, I digress. Anyone gives Buck no hard time about that. He wasn't getting there in the first base. And you know what? That ain't his fault. He should have got pulled out of that game anyway. But that's uh, just a little baseball history, you know, because I got it like that. You know, we, what do you want to talk about next, man? You want to talk hoops? You want to hockey? Game day today, baby. I can talk it all. We can talk it all on the Bucks Nation podcast down here, Martez, because that's how we are, man. We, you know, we're versatile. Yeah, that's finals game last night. Originally, I pick I pick Warriors in six. The way that game ended last night, man. Better hope on Sunday it. night, brother. You I better hope on anymore. Sunday night. Because <laughs> if they lose on Sunday night, you got to win four out of five, and you got to win twice in Boston. Good luck with that. Yeah, that, that game last night. I mean, when you look up at the end of the first quarter, and Steph Curry has one of the best quarters in finals history, and Boston's still only down four. Okay, there's there's something there. This is definitely going to be be a series i'll close with this i mentioned it in talking about fits is there a better backup quarterback that comes to mind whereas if he was getting signed in the off seasons that teams would be like okay if our guy goes down for three weeks that this guy can can really fill in i'll i'll go for first i guess the the one that automatically comes to mind just because he went on a run that won the super bowl you can talk about Nick Foles in terms of best backup quarterback of all time. But I think Fitz is in the conversation as well. Yeah, I'm a little bit older than you. A little bit. Don't get crazy. So I go back to guys like Danny White, who was very successful backing up Roger Starback. I also remember a guy by the name of Jeff Hostetler, who backed up Phil Sims after Sims got hurt. And that Giants team won a Super Bowl. I keep mentioning that Buffalo Bills came to Scott Norwood. Hostetler was the, was the quarterback, a backup. And he parlayed that, that winning Super Bowl into a contract from the, from the then Oakland Raiders. So those are two guys that come to mind. All-time best backup? I mean, shoot, I could go back to Earl Morrow winning a Super Bowl with the Miami Dolphins. So I don't know that I would call Fitz the the greatest backup of all time don't laugh at me man because i'm a historian of football i'm just i'm just laughing because don't laugh don't laugh because the only the only i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing laughing at the fact i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing at the fact that the only the only name out of those three that i knew was hostel no that's cool that's (laughs) right hey man like i said man i mean you know Get on Sports Jeopardy, Martez will hit you real hard with the right question, right answer. So you can laugh at me, young boy. I think young it just depends. Think it just depends boy. on the categories who's no, uh, no, who's taking Sports Jeopardy oh, oh, between us. Oh yeah, okay, tough guy. There ain't gonna be no dag on e, uh, a, <laughs> AEW wrestling questions, okay? It's gonna be about some stuff. So uh, yeah, tighten up your game. I, you know, look, What's that NFL Network every once in a while, man? You might see, you might see some stuff, some stuff past uh, the Ox and year 2000. You might see some stuff prior to that and actually learn something. I love me some football, but I'm not, uh, I'm not a friend of ours who 
pretty much has on the NFL network 24-7, no matter what the Why are you bashing people, man? They can't I'm protect not... themselves, man. <laughs> <laughs> why, are you, why are you bashing people? Gotta man? have your hands up at why all times. Why are you bashing why are you bashing people, man? That's that's goon-like. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's edition of My Downey Mama Calls and... you on TV. Yeah, that's something he would be very disappointed about as well. <laughs> that's going to do it for this week's Downey and Martez. Congratulations to you for listening <laughs> to us on, on a weekly basis. Uh, you can follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore nation. And as I mentioned, check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis. As I said, there's already an article up there on the possible kicking battle. There's articles up there on Hicks. Everything that you need to know for the Bucks this offseason on BucksNation.com. And wherever you're listening to this, click that subscribe button. Leave us a review if you are so inclined. Until next week, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.